Richard. Good morning, Manchester, and to those of you in surrounding towns, welcome to Hour 2 of Gerard at Large. I am your ever-humble host, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us online at GerardAtLarge.com, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, also at Gerard at Large, where we encourage you to like us and to follow us because we just want to be loved. Yes, 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 we do. It, it, it makes us feel so much better about ourselves. <laughs> oh, look at this. All right. So, uh, we got stuff to talk about. Coming up this hour, we will have the uh, Greater United Way in. Josh, find whichever one you want to run. There you go. Uh, we're hopefully as they get settled into their annual campaign, uh, going to bring them back live for additional shows. And you know what I'm, I'm thinking, and, and maybe I'm going to go to the well too many times on this one, but, um, in as much as we now have the catastrophe that is Maria on top of the catastrophe that was Irma on top of the catastrophe that was, um, Harvey on top of the catastrophe that is Las Vegas. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering whether or not you think we should do the interview that we did with uh, Patrick Tufts on how to identify a re- re- reputable charity so that you don't get taken to the cleaners trying to help people. Should we do that one again? Everybody's nodding. All right. So what time do I have to finish this interview or this this hour? Because that was that that interview ran long. I'll check. I believe it was 20 minutes, give or take. Yeah. Give or take six or seven minutes. Yeah. And maybe what we should do, too, is is fast forward a bit so that we're not throwing people off because we actually did that one at the top of the eight o'clock hour because of a scheduling goof and people and whatnot. So we didn't do it in its normal time frame. And people who set their clocks or you know, who determine where they are in their morning by our breaks for traffic, weather and sports or who are otherwise listening might, you know, have sudden heart palpitations. What? It's 8 o'clock? It's supposed to be 7.40. So I'll leave that to your capable hands, Josh. In any event, we do have some ground to cover. And uh, let's, let's get to this school book thing because the school book thing is important. And I'll tell you, folks, you know, some of you think I'm quote-unquote picking sides or picking on, picking on poor Joyce Craig. I'm not. Just a reminder, by the way, she is yet to reply to our request or our invitation to take the mayor's hour tomorrow. See, Mayor Gatzis has a scheduling conflict. I'm not about to put out a press release saying he's abandoning the people of Manchester by refusing to talk to them on the Dread Large radio show as he has done for almost every week uh, since we've been on the air. Unlike you, Joyce, who will not come talk to our audience we know that the mayor makes every effort to be here and there are those times when being mayor means you can't be in two places at the same time and you have to make a decision of course joyce craig been very critical of mayor gatzis for a decision he made back in august with uh when in about 36 hours uh, he was unable to change a long-standing uh commitment in his calendar to visit folks with a at an assisted living facility uh, he was unable to, to to make arrangements to change that. And so a special meeting of the board, which he did not call, contrary to some of the social media folklore. Um, uh, so he could attend that meeting. I haven't uh, talked to the mayor about it, but I know that it was not he who called the meeting. It was Vice Chairman Arthur Beaudry. 
at the request of the superintendent because of a very pressing legal matter that needed to be addressed, I would be somewhat surprised if the mayor didn't know what the legal matter was uh, and if he had any concerns about the outcome, which I can't discuss, but I will tell you was uh, can be summed up in two words, no brainer, that he would have been there. But, you know, so Joyce Craig has liked to, uh, you know, launch these grenades. And one of them, I almost can't blame her because the article written by my good friend, and he is a friend and a neighbor, Mark Hayward, the union leader, um, I gave Mark a lot of background for that story that he gave. He called me and he talked to me and he said, well, that's really interesting background. I don't know how much of it's going to make the article, but thanks. Well, more of it needed to make the article because the uh, upshot of the article was... (gasps) Manchester doesn't have a math curriculum, which is true and not true. And teachers have insufficient classroom resources. They're having to. Okay. So here's the thing that you need to know about Manchester's elementary math uh, curriculum. There is no standard academic program. We're not all using the one, two, three math book by, you know, Golden Books Publishers. That's not the way they set it up. We used to use the disaster known as everyday math. I can't say this strong enough. I hate everyday math. And as and, 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 and I'll tell you, this has been a bone of contention at the Curriculum and Instruction Committee now for well more than a year. Uh, because, you know, every time people from the district administration come to us, and this was particularly true under Superintendent Livingston, uh, you know, everything was unbelievable. In another business, we'd call that convention talk. How unbelievable this program was. How, whoa, oh, whoa, the kids just love it. The teachers think it's awesome. And I have been prone to remind them of uh, their advocacy. So, you know, that's the same kind of stuff that you people said about things like everyday math. I said, let's be let's be clear on something. I don't expect you to come here and say, oh, please get involved with this program. It's awful. It sucks. It's going to disable our kids' ability in whatever subject we're bringing to you. See, you never give us the cons. You always give us the pros. And so it's my job as a school board member to drill down on your recommendations to make sure that the information you're bringing us has got substantial data behind it to recommend that the change should be made. And oh, by the way, you better do a good job defining the problem that you're trying to fix. Because like everyday math, you guys always show up, sing its praises. You say, you're the experts in the classroom. You're the experts in the district. This is what you do for a living and we should listen to you. But when the results are awful, you never take responsibility for it. So getting rid of everyday math was a good thing, or was it? Because at least it was a program. What the Manchester School District did when it created the Manchester Academic Standards in the elementary grades is it basically did away with any standard academic program. It said, no, 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 no. That's the old way of doing things, Deborah Livingston and David Ryan told us. We're going to give teachers in the classroom flexibility. So we're just coming up with the standards. And oh, by the way, we worked with our teachers, three dozen, four dozen of our teachers. We divide, we spent $83,000. We designed curriculum guides, which the school board, by the way, voted to table. But Deborah Livingston and one of her first acts of superintendent, a superintendent decided, well, we're going to send those into the classrooms and require they be used anyway. Oh, okay. The school board tabling, it means nothing. 
She admitted, by the way, she didn't have the authority to do that. And the school board did exactly what to reprimand her. Oh, that's right. Nothing. And we wonder why the, we wonder why school administrators do what they want. Like in Timberlane, it's because they could get away with it. So then we had this great big kerfuffle because I, your adorable radio talk show host, raised holy you-know-what over the Common Core standards and forced the district to acknowledge that they were not mandates, that they did not have to do it. And rather than go ahead with the very unpopular standards, they announced they were going to do the – they would develop their own standards, which turned out to be 87% Common Core, which is why we we call it here the – Manchester rewrite of Common Core. So they adopted the Common Core paradigm and they came up with standards. And with the standards, they came up with what are called recommended resources. Uh, Josh, can you check the stream? I'm getting some information that says we've lost, uh, someone's lost the internet feed. Can you check the stream, please? Um, so what they did was they said, okay, in kindergarten, the kids have to be able to do this. In first grade, second grade, third grade, they have to be able to do this. And whether it was math or whether it was English, they came up with something called pacing guides, which tell the teachers where they have to be in their teaching, which tell the teachers about when the students, about when the kids have to have mastered the the skill identified in the standards. And in making the standards... They recommended academic resources for the teachers to use, which interestingly, we've since learned tied back to an awful lot of um, (laughs) the common core standards adopted in the state of New York. Yay. We all know how well that went in the state of New York. So these these resources were guidelines. The teachers could choose to use the ones that the district recommended or the teachers could choose their own. The district's position is we don't care necessarily what they teach in the classroom so long as what they're teaching in the classroom helps the kids meet the standards. This was this was pitched as academic freedom for the teachers. They are, after all, our professionals. We want to let them do what they do best. So we're not going to handcuff them with a standardized curriculum. We're going to give them recommended resources and let them develop their own so long as what they're doing meets the standards. And oh, by the way, we're going to guarantee they meet the standards, not just by the academic um, uh, pacing guides, but also by the district-wide assessments we are sending out to every elementary school three times a year. So we're going to test to make sure that the schools are keeping pace with the guides and the standards. Now, what this meant was the old math program and the books that were bought to support it went buh bye buh bye Toodaloo! They're not being used anymore. They were inconsistent in every way with the standards. So when you convert to a standards-based curriculum that gives teachers the opportunity to choose the resources that they use, and the standards that you pick are wholly inconsistent with the program you were doing beforehand, what do you do with the program that you were doing beforehand? Now, I have said, and I have confirmed with that email from Christine Martin, Assistant Superintendent in Manchester, that the district did away with the books, got rid of them. Now, I don't recall the school administration at the time telling the school board 
that they were going to ditch the math books. Although I suppose it was implied in what they were talking about with the standards-based curriculum. So now you've got Joyce Craig running around because teachers in these newspaper articles are complaining about the lack of resources. They're complaining they, quote, don't have enough books for their students. How could this be? Mayor Ted Gasses is such an irresponsible buffoon. We need a mayor who's going to put a textbook on every table. It's kind of like the mayors of, Tam, you know, old Tammany Hall, New York, putting a chicken in every pot, right? We need a mayor who's going to put a textbook on every single elementary school desk. How could Mayor Gatzis not know? Well, I guess the question is, how could Joyce Craig not know that the school district, during her last campaign for mayor, during the time in which she was a member of the Board of Aldermen, had switched from a textbook on every desk to a standards-based curriculum that gave the teachers the academic freedom to teach what they thought would be appropriate in their classroom to help meet the standards so if joyce craig now is going to run around and condemn the mayor for the failure to have a textbook on every desk and ignore the fact that the school district says there's not supposed to be a textbook on every desk because the teachers in the individual classrooms in the individual schools are supposed to determine what resources are best to use and by the way, there's there's no evidence that the school district that paid almost $70,000 for workbooks in the individual elementary schools last year is depriving teachers of the resources that they're requesting or principals of the resources they're requesting, right? Then if, if, if Joyce Craig is going to play this game, then she needs to go to Sarah Ambrosi, the school board member in Ward 1, who cast the same vote that Mayor Ted Gatzis did to adopt this approach. Then she needs to go to, um, hmm... Let me see. Dan Bergeron may or may not have been there. I think Robin Dunphy was. But she needs to go to Connie Van Houten. And she needs to say she needs to condemn Connie the way that she's condemned the mayor because Connie Van Houten voted for this. And with great fanfare, because as Connie always does, well, our experts in the classroom have developed these standards and our teachers in our district. This is so wonderful. And Kate DeRozier. I think John Avard voted for it. I'll have to go back and look. Erica Connors was the chairman of the Curriculum and Instruction Committee when this train wreck went through. Remember, she's the one that held the make-pretend public hearings in July and August after school was out and didn't let the public speak more than three minutes when they were supposed to be public hearings to take public feedback, and she did it like in the doldrums of summer when nobody was around. And the few people who showed up, oh, sorry, they literally were done those meetings inside of 15 minutes, all three of them. Okay, so here it is, Joyce Craig condemning the mayor, but not Sarah Ambrosi in Ward 1, who cast the same vote that Mayor Ted Gatzis did. Uh, Let me see, Ward 2, I don't remember how Debbie voted. Ward 3 was a different school board member. That was Christopher Stewart. Don't remember how he voted, though he probably voted for it. Ward 4 was Amy Bradley. Oh, we know she voted for it. Uh, She's gone. Uh, Ward 5, that was Ted Rokas. Yeah, he probably voted for it. Ward 6 was Robin Dunphy. She was probably against it. Uh, Tessier, probably not on the board at that time. Uh, I wasn't certainly on the board. Kathy Staub, who's running for re-election. Well, she's running in Ward 5 now. She's not going to, you know, I defeated her. She's not going to come after me two years later because she knows that's a loser. So she's trying to take Lisa Freeman out in Ward 5. Lisa Freeman, who, like me, was opposed to these standards and opposed to this approach and said so at the time. 
Uh, Lisa Lisa Freeman is is now uh, battling Kathy Staub, who wants her seat back. So I guess Kathy Staub being a candidate for office and a school board member who voted for this train wreck, I guess Joyce Craig isn't going to condemn her because she's her supporter. Notice all these people that aren't being condemned who cast the same vote that Mayor Ted Gatz has cast are all supporters of Joyce Craig. And we, of course, mentioned Erica Connors um, in this mess as well. So the question for Joyce Craig is, if it's Mayor Ted Gatzis's fault that there aren't enough textbooks to teach math in the Manchester School District, if that's how you want to couch this, is it not also the fault of Sarah Ambrosi? Is it not also the fault of Kathy Staub? Is it not also the fault of Erica Connors? Is it not also the fault of uh, Kate DeRozier? And isn't it also the fault of Constance Van Houten? Because if you can separate the mayor from the rest of the board that voted for this, how dishonest are you going to be when you are mayor and things don't go your way or things don't work out as planned? Because if it can only be one person's fault, I guess in that scenario, it would have to be yours. This is Gerard at Large.